Zero Hour Talks is produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. There's so many different kinds of music and other forms of art that can really work to bring people together, stand behind a common cause. You and I, we were lovers in a past life, the same shooting star. Hey all, welcome to Zero Hour Talks. I am your host, Nadia, and I'm the co-founder, co-executive director, and art director of Zero Hour, coming from Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, I'm Gabrielle Zui, and I'm on Zero Hour's music team. I'm coming from the Washington, D.C. area. And I'm Laís. I'm coming from a few minutes outside Philadelphia, and I'm the music partnerships coordinator on the music team. Zero Hour Talks is Zero Hour's podcast where we discuss issues surrounding climate justice and the youth movement. Today, we're talking about the intersections of art and music in grassroots movements, including the climate movement. Could you guys both talk about a little bit about like how, like what type of medium you use? Yeah, so I'm a singer-songwriter. I perform with my band solo um, and I write songs. And I really believe that music can change hearts and minds. So I try to write and perform songs that promote peace, acceptance and progress. I also do some songwriting and uh, I sing along with the music team. I used to sing all throughout high school and now I'm in college, so I'm trying to get more more back into it. I really believe that music is a great way to bring people together. And in many of my organizing spaces, I'm the one that's asking people, what's your favorite kind of music? Or making playlists. And they really help set set the vibe and establish a community with that group. And there's so many different kinds of music and other forms of art that can really work to bring people together, stand behind a common cause. I think that's so cool that you both are into music and how that that's in community building. And that's something that we've definitely like emphasized within Zero Hour when holding like different events, like trying to uplift musicians and get musicians to come in and perform because it really does like create that sense of community and bring people together and I think dancing has a lot to do with it as well like dancing to music with other people and really bringing people together I'm a visual artist mostly I do graphics animations a lot of painting and drawing just around there with that I've done different things for zero hour like do the logo different graphics um and and stuff like that so it's been a really cool experience that's awesome yeah Yeah, I love all of your art um and I follow you on everything and you're really talented It's really cool to see all the different mediums and forms that like art can take. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's new ways that are still being created. And I think that's something that's cool about the climate movement because people are kind of realizing that art can be used to visualize the future of of this world, Um, envisioning sustainability and like imagining a future without different systems of oppression and where we have community support and relationships. And I think that like music and art has a, a long way to go with that. So the the Zero Hour music team is relatively new. So like, how did that come to be? I remember around like December of last year um, that Zero Hour was starting a music team and I was reaching out to Arielle, uh, who is the music director that I was interested in joining because, you know, I was really interested in getting more into music, especially within the climate movement and with organizing. So I remember reaching out and talking to her about that team and her ideas and her vision behind it. And I was just really excited and really wanted to be involved. We started joining, we started talking and meeting with other people that were also interested. And that was before COVID, before everything, when we were wanting to plan 
climate concert in the fall to help build momentum for the upcoming elections. So things have changed a little bit and our goals and visions have been a little delayed and had to change because of COVID. But I just remember being an opportunity to to meet a bunch of other great activists and artists and just really engage in something new. Um, A big driving force behind kind of the concept of music team is that, you know, we want to create a culture shift in order to effectively shift policy, to shift, you know, what happens around climate change and around other things. You need to shift the culture. And we really see music and art as effective tools for shifting the culture, for getting people um, involved in these issues, interested and invested in these issues. Yeah, for sure. You guys made um, an amazing song, We Rise. So how did you guys make that song? Within the music team, we have a songwriting team, which consists of about half of our members. And we all kind of collaborated together to write the song. I think like at least every person on the team put a line of the lyrics or melody or, or something in there. And it kind of just formed this one big community song. The song was written to be performed at rallies, specifically at an Earth Day rally, which we ended up doing online through Earth Day Live. It's really just, we wrote it to be performed at rallies, but not just performed, but also for people to sing along. That's why in the chorus, we have a call and response. We've never met in person. We've only recorded online and we've only talked to each other online. And we were going to, to do a retreat and do a songwriting thing together and then COVID. So there's been some barriers really with all of this. And uh, it's really great to see, you know, that we can still make music and still connect with each other in different ways, thanks to, to Zoom. Um, and we got yeah. these really great grants that allowed us to get some recording kits that we can use at home and learned all this new like music technology, which is really interesting and really valuable. So we were still able to, you know, have a common goal of creating this song um, and creating this anthem kind of for the youth climate movement. It's been really great to be able to still to still be able to do that um, despite different barriers coming along the way. So there's a lot of people that like we as young people like look up to in this movement as an intergenerational movement. Are there any like artists or, or musicians that have inspired um, either of you guys? I can just say a little bit. Um, and especially right now with like the this mobilization um, for for Black Lives, I've always just really enjoyed R and B music, that kind of genre, and yeah. so it's been really great to see artists that you know I've listened to like previously beforehand, like Black women like her and No Name using their no platforms. Oh yeah, they have great music and yeah. it's been really great to see them using their platforms and their music and their art through COVID to build community. I know her had these Instagram live concerts with a bunch of different artists. I was always attending those. It's also just great to see them using their platforms, speaking up and using art to, to spread a message and spread support and solidarity and to show where, where they stand. Because many celebrities and artists haven't done that in a way that, you know, you know, like making songs about these kinds of issues and oppressions that they have faced is really valuable. And I think another way to to amplify and, you know, support this movement and show how crucial art and music. So I think first and foremost, I'm just really inspired by my own peers who are creating music and art, whether that's everyone on the Zero Hour team, on the music team, um, creating art for Zero Hour, or just people in my own community. DC has a really big 
singer songwriter community just a, a really big music scene in general which is like this isn't the city where you'd expect to have it but being in a place where politics and social justice and everything is so prevalent in the culture and then the music also is there are a lot of ways those tie together I think when I was younger I was really well I still am but I was really inspired by Amanda Stenberg just the way that yeah. she's always used her platform same <laughs> so I'm assuming that you both have been like very creative for like most of your lives because I see that normally like artists and musicians are people that have been kind of like engaged with their like creativity and like that aspect of their imagination for like most of their lives especially like their childhood and everything but like when did you start using art and music as a tool for change so yeah I've always like you said been pretty engaged with with music and I I, I like remember writing songs I'm gonna put songs in quotes because they were like not songs um they were just like a bunch of words kind of put together I remember like being being having like my little song book it was like this pink notebook ever since I was like seven or eight and just like writing songs in them as soon as I'd come home from school being in my room and just singing them unfortunately I don't know where that song book went and I kind of did lose some inspiration and passion for it um, when I was growing up and only recently in high school began to engage again with music. With my work with Sunrise, that organization really brought me into the climate justice movement and exposed me to that. A huge part of their culture is singing songs and yeah. we would always, every single time I would go over to the movement house um, about two years ago when I was working with them for the 2018 elections, we would always sing a song as soon as we got there, before we started canvassing, before we even did anything to start off our day and we would always end it with a different song. And a lot of these are really uh, strong movement songs and we always share their history and where they've come from and, and acknowledge and give credit where it is due. Um, that's something that, you know, really, really exposed me to the, to the importance of, of culture in, in organizing and they exposed me to, to organizing just in general. That was where I first like really began to embrace music, art and songs. I would say that's, that's how I really kind of started with me. But it's, it's always been something I'm, I'm passionate about and something that I've been engaged with. Nice. Yeah. I kind of started trying to implement climate within my artwork when I was in like eighth grade because I was more so like learning about everything and really frustrated about like the climate crisis. Painting about it and, and making art around it really like helped me feel like I was kind of doing something somewhat, but it also felt like I was like relating more um, to how I felt about it. And it was really nice and then I started getting more into like the organizing aspect of art and like art builds and everything with the Zero Hour Youth Climate March and organizing that was a really cool experience because I got in touch with so many cool artists in DC and they were all giving me advice on like how to do an art build and, and all these things and it was really interesting to kind of learn from them because there was so much that I didn't know that I that I now know and it was like really cool to to learn from them and it was a really cool experience. Our builds are such a different culture. I, I love yeah. them so much. Yeah. They're super, super awesome. Yeah, I think they're great for like community building. Um, my start was kind of similar to Laïs. When I was in elementary school, I would be constantly songwriting, or I guess I would then call it like making up songs and stuff. Around when I had my bat mitzvah, I created a song about my experiences with my autistic brother and with my own, I guess, 
neurological things that I have. Um, and I released that song as my bat mitzvah project, which is this project you do when you become a bar bat mitzvah. And it's just like a good deed project. Sometimes that includes volunteering or fundraising or whatever. Um, and I released the song and through the, the profits from the sales and downloads and stuff, I donated the profits to local organizations that support mm -hmm. children with autism. So that was kind of like my first integration of music and um, I guess social action type of uh, work like fundraising really the my Jewish community really fostered uh, that association with me as well we would always be singing these songs that kind of carry this oral tradition but also songs that promote the value of tikkun olam which uh, is Hebrew for repairing the world I, I wrote a song called see the change um, a little more recently and and that's been released as well and that's a song about my experiences um with environmentalism and uh, youth activism specifically and a really big theme of the song is is just the concept of repairing the world yeah I guess with the rest of my songs it's like I write about what I experience I have a song about coming out I have some typical seeming love songs that just normalize queer relationships and things like that I have songs about my experience with disability and songs about my experience with sexism. So it's really just as a person who's interested in these issues, who's affected by these issues, and who likes to work in activism spaces, uh, all of those things just kind of come through in my songwriting. In turn, I guess I, I've performed a lot of my songs at rallies and different political events and different fundraising events as well. I, I remember you performing at um, one of the DC strikes. It's really good. Thank you. <laughs> um, Something that's been really cool to, to kind of reflect on as we, as the climate movement like continues and, and uses art and music is, is um, the power of art and like past movements. Um, mm -hmm. Some examples include the pink triangle used for queer resistance. The solidarity fist for black power has been a really significant one and really powerful one. So like symbols that kind of represent that unity. And I think another thing that could also be mentioned is like fashion and um, music, protest songs. Um, the Beatles used Blackbird and, and how there are so many different protest songs now, like normalized songs. Yeah, something really fun for me, like currently, is that I'm a human rights major and then I'm a jazz studies minor. I've just discovered all the ways that those two different, very different seeming disciplines have affected each other. In the civil rights era, for example, there were artists like Nina Simone who were using their music to bring attention to the issues that were happening all throughout the country. Artists like Joan Baez who were writing the songs that became anthems for, for several different movements, actually, especially in the United States and in the civil rights movement, like music and musicians played such a huge role in advancing the messages of the movement and also in supporting the movement financially or through song material or, or through whatever else yeah. it was yeah definitely that was like kind of like reminding me of um this experience I had with Sunrise where we were having a democracy concert it was very close to the election and we just went to this little place that does like open mics and basically we we just had people come up and sing, you know, do their art. Sometimes it was like spoken word. Some people sang different songs by um, different artists or sang their own songs or just did random recreations of 
work that they had they had made or or like enjoyed and like motivated their work it's like a packed room even though it was like such a small room and I brought some friends with me and it was a really great way to you know expose them to the kind of culture we have in this movement Gabrielle yeah. you were talking about like past artists and musicians that who had a huge role in different um, revolutionary spaces and all of that and I was thinking of like uh, Frida Kahlo people like know yeah. her for her art but she also like hated fascists and was a huge communist there's like so many different aspects to to artists aren't talked about and different forms of art that you know might not be as popularized or known from from her and other artists as well you have to like really like look into it and and just see see the beauty and the intersectionality um, that art can really intertwine in, in like the work. I admire a lot of Frida's work. It's crazy to me that, you know, that's not something like we learn about either. Everyone yeah. knows about Frida, but like yeah. no one knows that she was such a revolutionary. And it's really cool to, to be learning about these like these alternate histories that we didn't really ever learn about. Yeah. And like interesting that you bring up that we like learn about these things because like we, we learn about so much in, in art class and we don't really learn about how art has been used for like movements and, and for change. And it's been like super, super like impactful in, in the past. And I think that's something that's not really focused on when we learn about art like conventionally, like through mm-hmm. the mainstream. Definitely. A lot of the time we learn about the content, but not about the context. And it's just really important to contextualize all of these different art forms and different artists, because um, not only is the climate around them, the social justice work they do, really important in influencing their art, but as, as you were saying, their art can be really important in influencing the entire world around them. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's cool to be hearing about all these things that are coming up with different artists. So yeah. I'm just excited to like learn more and utilize that. How do you both think that the, the youth climate movement can use music and art more? Um, I guess just going back to what we were saying earlier about using art and music to create a culture shift and in turn yeah. using that culture shift, shift to be able to shift policy. It's really just about getting messages out there in a way that people are excited to listen to them and excited to come together and engage with each other in communal art spaces like you were talking about or even online. Having different ways of communicating a message, whether it's visual or through music, through a documentary, through dance, whatever it is, um, the, the more tools for communication that you have uh the more people you can reach with your message definitely yeah and like to go off of that I think it's also really important like you know how people like say like oh if you make organizing spaces and activism spaces fun and places where your friends you know would hang out in that's a way to bring your friends into this movement and then bring more of their friends and kind of keep it going and this is across movements and not just the climate movement but I feel like music is also one of those ways that you can bring people in and you know like you were talking about like create that culture shift where people want to come in and be a part of this it's fun it's a it's a space where where people um, care about each other and basically that represents kind of this future that we want to see you know where we care about music and, and artists and musicians and don't just kind of put them to the side like we do in like today's society so it's like really I think important to to be centering music and art as like a form of 
healing and a form of care also. I absolutely agree on using it as a form of healing and care. There are so many times where people in activism spaces will experience burnout um, or just, you know, have so much going on. And even when, you know, music and art isn't created for an audience, it's just so valuable just to, to have that as part of the culture within an organization. It's like, this is a way to process everything that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And just like making space for communities, people within those communities to share that, giving them a platform that you, they can amplify that work. And especially musicians and uh, artists of color um, within history, like their music has been, you know, sung and modified by, by white people and made profit off of that music and art and like utilized those styles. So I think it's really important to, to be amplifying and being in, in solidarity and making these spaces really feel inclusive and equitable also with with the kind of music and the art that we that we portray for sure for sure and another question i wanted to ask how can we incorporate art and music into the vote for a future campaign that zero hour national children's campaign has because we use art and music as that that culture shift but how can we bring that culture shift into change like voting and, and getting people mobilized to, to take action um, within the context of the coronavirus, that becomes an increasingly more difficult question. Um, yeah. Of course, like we mentioned before, our original plans were, you know, we're going to have this youth climate concert and that's going to be a catalyst for all of this change that we're going to make happen. And of course, we can't do that in person. Thinking of things that have been done in person, I've seen so many concerts where next to the bathrooms, right next to the food station, whatever, they have a voter registration booth or they have nonprofit organizations that are recruiting volunteers or giving out information. I've seen like blood drives and, and things like that at concerts or like at Lollapalooza, they have an environmentalism station. There's like all of these different things that happen at concerts because it's a space where you're bringing people together and that's really cool. Something to think about is how can we take all of these really cool things and try to recreate them in, in more of a sense of an online community or online event. One way we did that was through, you know, sharing our song at Earth Day Live. Um, I definitely think playlists are really great ways. I'm just a huge fan of playlists. I make so many and I make them for like each season and uh, for different events and different communities I'm a part of. And I think they're a great way for people to, to add their own music because, you know, there is such a barrier between connecting online through a screen. It's so hard to actually like really get to know people. I think music is a great way to, to do that. Having a playlist for a set space is just a great way to, to set the tone. And so within like the Vote for Our Future campaign, having a playlist that where people can add music from the team and it's a way to, to share music, to, to share values also and amplify different people that we're listening to. I, I was, I've been seeing a lot of these different like virtual concerts through Zoom where people yeah. just hang out and we share music or like art in different ways. I even did like a digital art build, which, you know, wasn't as fun as a normal art build. But we still just like we're there with music in the background. We talked uh, and we, we made little posters that we could use for online rallies. But I think that it's a great way to to just establish community. Like people don't have to sing if they don't want to. They can just be there to listen. Uh, they can be there to share space. That's something that can really be incorporated and used in a way, especially with Vote for Our Future, bringing in so many people and like collaborating with 
National Children's Campaign also. Yeah, yeah um, just, everyone listening can, can find out more about Vote for a Future at voteforafuture.org. Yeah, everyone can check out more there. Just jumping back to the topic of playlists, just a shout out to Zero Hour Music Team. We have a Spotify account where we've created several playlists exactly for the purposes Lice was talking about. We have a playlist of young artists with songs specifically geared towards the climate movement. We have a playlist of young Black voices in social justice. We're working on a few new playlists now. So if you're interested in what Lice was talking about, check out our Spotify account and we'll be adding more. People's Climate Justice Songbook. I love it. One of my favorite pieces of art that's used in like movement building spaces is like printed pieces. Um, when people use um, like a printing pe- press and make a really like powerful design that they can print like multiple times over and use as like posters in like a march or something. The school that I'm going to, Micah, they have a print shop called The Globe. And for the recent like Black Lives Matter protests in Baltimore, they've been creating like different prints that have like different chants on it, like no justice, no peace, no racist police, giving them out for free at like different demonstrations. And and they look so cool. And it it was like really cool to see that. I kind of want to learn more about um, how to do that. The thing that I recently found out more about was with the Defund the Police crash course that happened last week with several different um, organizations. But we talked a lot about restorative and transformative justice. And a lot of parts were talking about these posters that, you know, these digital posters that highlight what transformative and restorative justice looks like through conversations and through like different actions that are depicted. If you go to RJ Posters, Dot com, you can find a bunch of these options and I've been loving them. I've just been looking at all the different artists that are featured in there and their work. And I think it's a really great way to, to depict, um, you know, sometimes difficult and complex topics like restorative justice that, you know, are becoming more, more normalized. It's a great way and a great resource to, to find more information and answer people's questions about like, what does that look like in, in like practice? What does restorative justice look like in practice? Yeah, they're just digital posters. So again, it's rjposters.com. I think it's kind of hard for me to choose a favorite protest song. At the moment, I guess, Which Side Are You On is like stuck in my head um, by Pete Seeger, I think. Bosses, don't listen to their lies. Us poor folks haven't got a chance unless we organize. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? So I'd say that. And also, um, there's a song called Don't Mute DC, which is kind of specific to like um, the local music scene. Not just muting like the music literally, but also just trying to get rid of the local culture and gentrification and um, shutting down Black voices and all these things. Both of those songs are um, probably my favorites at the moment. I'm just going to add one more song that I've been loving. Um, Talking about a revolution by Tracy Chapman. Don't you know, talking about a revolution sounds great song don't you know yeah they're talking about a revolution like yes please so i love that 
just want to say thank you so much for highlighting this and this important topic and please take action in some way and use music and art in any way that works best for you. Thank you so much for having us on here. Um, and I guess just something for anyone who's listening, especially if you're listening on Spotify, um, we're always taking submissions for more songs for our playlists. So if you, you know, hear or know of songs that you think would be great for the movement, let us know. Thank you, Laise and Gabrielle for, for hopping on and talking about art and music with me today. This has been Zero Hour Talks. Thank you so much for joining in. You can find more at, about Zero Hour at thisiszerohour.org and also at This Is Zero Hour on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find out more about our campaign, Vote for Our Future, at voteforourfuture.org as we begin to relaunch um, this campaign with National Children's Campaign. Thank you to Goal 17 for producing this show. You can find more about them at goal17media.com. Music for this week's episode is by Rivers Wilder Green. Thank you, Rivers. You can learn more about her music and work in the LGBTQ plus community on her Instagram at underscore Wilder Green, W-I-L-D-E-R-G-R-E-E-N. I'm Nadia. Thank you for, for listening. And we'll see you next time. We fell in love.